Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. June 22nd, 2018. Some big news this morning in the entertainment world. It looks like the Roseanne Show is coming back without Roseanne. It's official. Yeah, they have, uh, ABC has ordered a, a spinoff. It's right now the working title is called The Connors. That may not end up being what the show is called, but basically it's Roseanne without Roseanne. It should be called Dan. Yeah. They, they just call it Dan. Or Dan. The way she would always say it. I bet you guys 50 bucks this show is going to be canceled within two years. You think so? Well, the, I think the Initially, reason- there's going to be a ton of interest. Only out of pure curiosity, but I think the reason it was popular in the first place is because it was talking about, you know, Republican issues. And I think conservative people were like, finally, somebody's talking about the stuff we talk about. And with Roseanne gone, I don't know if they'll go down that path still. Yeah, I don't know how many people who didn't watch the show before, but might watch it now, but without Roseanne, but like the conservative kind of tint she took. But aren't upset Whatever by you have to Roseanne? say about Roseanne, you got to give her credit. She signed off, so she's not going to benefit financially from the spinoff. Now, there's no word on whether or not there was a deal done initially, so maybe they bought her out because she had producing and and rights to the, the show. Uh, it's but, her show, yeah. But she said she did it so all those people could go back to work and and wouldn't lose their jobs because of what she did. So you got to give her some credit for that. You could give her credit, but she can't. Not allowed to like she doesn't want to be more of a villain, does she? I guess. Uh, big uh, traffic issue. If you're traveling on the 401 eastbound near Tilbury, there was an accident, and we're looking at around two o'clock before eastbound 401 has reopened. I know it sucks, but look at the silver lining of this gray cloud. The Tasho Podcast. Just remind yourself that you don't have to commute in Toronto traffic every yeah. day. Maybe bad out there today, but apparently in Toronto, it's the worst, Jim. Yes. According to a site called Expert Market, they looked at 74 cities uh, with population sizes of 300,000 or more across the world. They looked at certain things like uh, average time spent commuting each day, as well as average journey distance, average time waiting for a bus or a train, average cost of a monthly transit transit card, percentage of transit users who need to make more than one transfer in a journey. So they looked at all these cities, tried to decide which city has the worst commute in the world. Toronto was number six in the world, number one in North America, worse than uh, L.A., like every all comedians, all famous people, they all complain about Los Angeles. I've never been there, but I've heard it's the worst. Toronto yeah. is apparently even worse. Well, I went to LA a couple of years ago. You remember? And I had a, I had rented a car and I drove around, and it wasn't that bad. Hmm. <laughs> because I've heard the same thing. Oh, you get in LA. Uh, good luck getting on the freeway. Yeah, it, it wasn't that bad compared to Toronto. I can't stand it. I, I hate, hate driving in Toronto. Me too. Me too, man. Apparently a Toronto worker spends an average of 96 minutes a day commuting, the second longest time on the list. And uh, Toronto Transit users actually did pretty well. If you take a bus or a train, you it's only 14 minute wait, which is not actually that bad compared to the world. But if you're driving your own vehicle, worst in North America. I know there's a lot of uh, construction going on in the city of London right now and people are cursing because they're their commute instead of seven minutes is taking 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
At least you're not in Toronto. Mm-hmm. What would it take to get you to move to Toronto and do that commute every day? Like if someone was going to offer you a job, yeah, said, come work in Toronto, how much money would they have to give you? Would they have to buy you a house? Like what would you need? What would it take for you to get in a car for an hour and a half, two hours each direction to get downtown Toronto every day? They'd have to at least double my, triple my salary because I wouldn't even be able to afford to live in Toronto in the first place, but they'd have to... I, they'd have to triple my salary for yeah. sure. I don't, on, like, on top I of never, the commute, yeah, you've got the the, the price of pr- of real estate there. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid, I'd be like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool to live in Toronto?" And then I went there, like when I was older, and said, "I hate this place." <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine to go for a Jays game every once in a while, but like, right. I would go. Cra- I would rather commute forty five minutes from Mitchell to London on a country like highway where it's not that busy than drive and forty be stuck minutes sitting in in traffic. And you can see your destination; you just can't get to it. Right. People are cutting you off. Yeah, the only time I go to Toronto is on weekends, really, to visit friends and family. And still, the weekend traffic drives me crazy. Yeah, it's never-ending. You have to, like, travel after midnight to get anywhere. You couldn't pay me enough to move to Toronto. I worked there enough over the years. Uh, I do carpentry work, and uh, I worked in Toronto many, many times, and uh, always hated trying to get around. I, I feel like I don't have any time left in my day after I come to work in London. My drive to work is maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> right? So, like, if you're eating up an extra three or four hours to get to and from work, like, how do you have time to do anything? I, I don't really get it. So, I like, when I went to college, it's a, I took a media course, so everybody obviously wants to be in Toronto because it's the media market of Canada. But everybody that moved there now is miserable because they they can't afford to live there. The commute sucks, but they all want to be in big city Toronto, you it's know? Like it's like an ego thing. It. It's, it is an ego <laughs> thing. The funny part of this is uh, I work in East London, and I live just north of Aylmer. And I work with a bunch of people who work in West, who live in West London, and I get home before they do. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of text messages coming in, people saying there is no amount of money you could pay me that would force me to move to Toronto. I don't know if that's true. There's got to be a number. Oh, of course. Of Everyone's course. got a number. Uh, here's one: hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and four-hour workdays only. That will be tempting, but four-hour workday with the commute is an eight-hour workday. <laughs> the Tash Show podcast. The New York Islanders have the Trots. Barry Trots has signed a five-year deal. <laughs> With over $20 million to be their new head coach. He stepped down as the Washington Capitals head coach days ago after being unable to reach a new deal with the Stanley Cup champs. What does it mean when you have the trots? Is that you, you, you're pooping a lot? Yes. Why is it called the trots? Have you ever seen a horse poop? They do it while they trot or while they're trotting and a lot comes out. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't yeah, stop. You ever been to a parade? No, I believe you, but is that why it's called having the trots? Trots. Uh, kind of disrespectful, by the way, Devin, to describe this gentleman's new job. <laughs> in a, it, well, if John Tavares doesn't resign, it uh, he could have the trots. He could have the trots. You know, I'm looking it up. It doesn't say where it's from, but it, 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 it informally means diarrhea, and the other one is talking about horses. So I, there's got to be a connection there, right? Keep digging, Jim. Okay. We need to know now. <laughs> I'm on it, Tess. <laughs> What's the origin of? I've got the trots. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to weigh in on that, uh, the origin of the trots. Yeah, but you know where that term came from. I kind of have an idea. Um, so there's uh, something called runner's trot. So when uh, somebody's running a marathon, the up and down motion that jostles the bowels, 
uh-huh. they kind of call that the trots, and, and eventually you get diarrhea and you have to trot to the bathroom. <laughs> so it's, it's the movement, it's the bouncing around in there that causes the diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. And okay, I think, I think you might be onto something because I looked it up. And there's a few different definitions of where it may be, uh, like, originated from. So, possibly from the type of running to the bathroom a person does when having diarrhea is one of them. Because uh, there's also the term, the runs. I've yeah. got the runs. The runs. So, the runs, the yeah. trots, right? Well, the runs, I thought it's running out of you. Like yeah. a yeah, river yeah. runs through you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I thought, too. But you also do you hustle to, to the, the bathroom. bathroom. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also, like you said, um, about running, uh, they do call it the runner's trots, and... Yeah, just apparently. So it has nothing to do with horses, Jim. Well, kind of, because ho- the horse's run is called the trot. So they're comparing a, ho- a human running to a horse trotting. So in okay. a way, it does. But I'll give you that one. It has nothing to do with horses' poop. It's one of those things that there there could be a few different origins that kind of just it's a colloquialism, right? I love the origins of sayings like this. Like, can you imagine <laughs> who the first guy who came up? Hey. You know, you know when you gotta poop real bad and you get, you gotta run to the bathroom. I, I got a great phrase. Let's call that, got the tries. <gasps> Wilfred, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you're really it. onto something there. <laughs> okay, now every time you have diarrhea, make sure you say it because we want to be sure it catches on and act like it's always been a thing. I've got the trots. <laughs> You've never heard of the trots? <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. We got some text messages coming in. Hey, Taz and Jim, have you guys ever had the green apple foxtrots? That sounds like a dance move. (laughs) Yeah. What is that? It is when you get diarrhea from eating too many green apples. Ugh. Doesn't sound like fun. No. Another text message. Taz and Jim, I got the trots. Sounds like it could be an ACDC song. (laughs) Kind of does. Yeah. Even that Bon Scott impression sounds like you've got the trots. <laughs> no, seriously, I think I got the trots. The Taz Show Podcast. James Corden, he just uh, he just got in the car with one of the all-time greats, Paul McCartney, and did some carpool karaoke. Let's go, baby, you can drive my car. Yes, I'm gonna be a star. How much fun would that be, driving around with Paul McCartney singing Beatles songs? Especially this song. Who would you pick? Like he said, he's had so many great artists in, in the car. If you could drive around with one artist, living or dead, and sing their songs. Oh, man. Beethoven. <laughs> There's no lyrics. I'm going to say... Oh, man. Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Couple Jimmies in a Jimmy Jeep. Dev, who are you going with? I know you hate music, but uh, you got to pick somebody. I like Billy Joel. Billy Joel? Uh, he might be at the top of my list, too. Oh. I think I'd go Billy Joel... 
Elton John. Oh, Elton. Elton's got a lot of great songs that you sing along with, like When You Think Nobody Can See or Hear You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy Joel, Elton John, I'd go Hall & Oates, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Pearl Jam, I love their music, but... It, I, I, you don't need to know the lyrics is the best part. You just go, hey, I was about to say, I can't understand what they're saying, so I feel like they'd be judging me. I, th- I feel like Bono would be cool just because he'd have stories. Like you, you stop at a red light, he says, hey, I'll tell you about the story about 1982. We did this. Bono would be interesting. I think they all have good stories. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm sure Billy Joel has some pretty neat stories yeah. to tell well, you. Billy so. Joel's still above Bono, but if don't he, let if he Billy busy. Joel drive is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Why are your teeth purple, Billy Joel? <laughs> <laughs> Popsicle. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the case. I can't lie. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Justin. How's it going? Good, man. How are you today? Good. You get the weekend off? Yeah, I do. We're, we're on midnight. We just got done. Nice. So you're done for the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Oh, cool. Uh, okay, so we are playing Who Do You Trust here. Um, Paul McCartney was on Carpool Karaoke with James Corden, and they talked about how uh, he wrote some of the biggest Beatles songs ever. We are each going to give you a fact and one of us is telling the truth, the other two are lying. You guess who's telling the truth, and you're going to rock the park on the Saturday night, okay? All right, let's give it a shot. So, James Corden and Paul McCartney discussed how Paul wrote the song, Let It Be. Hmm. You know that song, right, Justin? Yep. Big Beatles hit, obviously. Um, Jim, how did Paul McCartney come up with the inspiration for the song Let It Be? Well, a lot of British people have small gardens in their backyard. Um, they, they call their yards their garden. It's like, oh, it's out back in the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's their quiet place. They're always really small, but it seems like a little fortress of solitude for most British people. Paul McCartney loves his backyard, loves his garden. He would sit out there and just, you know, you know, waste away the day and, and look at his garden and look at the animals that would come by, chipmunks and stuff like that. One of his favorite visitors would be a bee... A little bumblebee that would come on by and land in his garden and had a very uh, a taste for lettuce or something. It would always land on the lettuce and walk around on lettuce. And so one day he was just like, lettuce be, lettuce be, lettuce, lettuce be. This is brilliant. And then he wrote it down and then it turned into let it be just because it made a little more sense and be- yeah. became a little more popular. And uh, Lettuce be. Lettuce be. Okay. Uh, that's obviously a lie. Here's the truth from your buddy Taz. He was uh, inspired by the first letter of the the band's name, Beatles, B. They wanted to write a song that would play as they'd come out on stage during their concert. And they thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a giant B that was lit up behind all the instruments just flashing? Letter B, letter B. And everyone would start chanting, letter B, letter B. And then here come the Beatles. Starts with the letter B. So that is how, you know, it sounds simple, but that's how the song was inspired. And it turned out so well, they're like, we got to change this. It's, it's, it's pretty emotional. We can kick it up a notch if we call it Let It Be. So that is the truth, unless you want to believe Devin Peacock. Well, first off, my middle name is the truth. <laughs> Devin the Truth Peacock? It was the year 1970. It was an emotional time for... Paul McCartney and the world. He was having trouble sleeping, had a sleep 
a very good sleep, had a very powerful dream, and in that dream, his mother came to him and said, let it be. And that is the genesis for the song Let It Be. His mother had passed away at this point? She had passed away, and she spoke to him in a dream. What, what was, let what be? It. <laughs> okay, so who do you trust? Is it Jim with the lettuce B? Is it myself, Taz, with the letter B? Or is it Devin Peacock with Paul McCartney's mom came to him in a dream? Nah, I'm going to have to go with Devin Peacock's theory here. Okay, well, let's uh, let Paul McCartney tell us. I had a dream in the 60s where my mom, who died, came to me in the dream and was reassuring me, saying... It's going to be okay. Just let it be. And I went, oh. I felt so sort of great and like, oh boy, that, it's going to be great. You know, she gave me the positive word. So I woke up and I went, what, what was that? What she say? Let it be. So I've never heard that. Yeah. That's kind of good, you know. So I wrote the song, Let It Be, but it was her positivity. That's the most beautiful story I've ever heard. I hope McCartney gave his mom some writing credits on that tune then, because he barely did any work. The Tash Show Podcast. First Lady Melania Trump was wearing a jacket today with the words, I really don't care, do you? Written on the back when she boarded a plane to go visit the border. You know, a lot of people are giving her a hard time about it, but I think it's nice that she had a jacket made to display her wedding vows. <laughs> Melania's jacket. Jim, you saw this story uh, start to appear in your social media feed yesterday, and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I always complain that, uh, you know, the littlest thing Trump or his family does is like national headlines. So I'm like, oh, this... This coat story? How petty can this be? And then I saw the coat and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a poor choice. <laughs> yeah, she's going to visit uh, detained children at the border. Her jacket, it's like a green trench coat looking jacket on the back. Uh, white spray paint. It looks like white spray paint. says, I really don't care, do you? Hmm. I mean, it could have been an accident or, like, e- absentmindedly put it on. I mean, it is on the back, so if she looked at the mirror, I look great. <laughs> she doesn't see the back of the coat. <laughs> or it could be uh, lost in translation. Perhaps. English is Melania's second language. I know uh, my wife's parents, they are Ukrainian, and sometimes they have trouble uh, finding words. Or Igor, my stepdad, will make a joke in Ukrainian, and everyone will laugh their heads off. And I'll say, well, tell me the joke in English. And he'll tell me the joke, and I'll be like, that's not funny at all. It doesn't make sense. So there is, you know, a chance that... In Melania's home country, I really don't care, do you, means something different than it means in North America, but that's a bit of a stretch, Maybe it too. means I care so much. Oh, yeah. I care more than you do. Maybe she needs glasses and she thought it re- read, I really do care. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Don't you care? Don't you? Definitely not the best choice of jackets. What, what surprised me most about this story is that I I saw the jacket. What I want to know is how much did that thing cost? Because, you know, um, Melania, she likes wearing the, the designer clothing. And I was like, it's, the dumb thing about this jacket is it probably cost $7,000. 
No, it was from Zara. We've got one at Masonville Mall. <laughs> Costs like 50 bucks. I got one at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, when it comes... Like, there's so much more important stuff to focus on when it comes to this story. But, like, the Trumps just can't help but put themselves in a position to be criticized for everything, right? It doesn't even matter that she was going to the border to see those children. She's the first lady. She should be giving the impression that she cares no matter what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I really don't care to you. It's not an appropriate jacket for her to be wearing at any point unless, you know, it's, it's something that is clearly a joke. Any trip she takes, say she say she's going to like you know, there's a kids community garden. I really don't care. Do you? Okay, that's weird. Like say there's a story about how <laughs> Trump and Melania and Barron are going on a family vacation, and she's walking up and she's got that jacket on. All the jokes are gonna be around like, oh, she she really wants out of the marriage. Any any situation she wears that as first lady, people are gonna think she's trying to send a message. Trump was tweeting, he said, she was trying to send a message to the fake news media. She really doesn't care what they think. (laughs) Do you? Well, her aide said there was no intended message. Hmm. Well, who would know better, her aide or her husband, who she hasn't spoken to in three and a half months? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't really care, do you? (laughs) I really don't care. Do you, Stormy Daniels? It's just an ugly jacket, too. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? Just like like you said, Tass, it just looks like somebody took spray paint to the back. And she's a fashionable woman. Like, she's got generally great taste in clothes. So, it, it, you know, it's she's, just funny that she'd wear it in the first place. It's not the first time she's being criticized for this. She wore, like, uh, high heels, wasn't it, till last summer to one of the hurricane... Uh, right. areas. And that one is, was a little ridiculous. Yes. I don't think it warranted as much attention as as this no, no, does. No, no, no. But there, this is not the first time where people have questioned fashion choices. Fashion is so stupid. Fashion. <laughs> it's just like good-looking people wearing crappy clothes because they can get away with it because they're good-looking. Yeah, and then 7 out of 10s try and it doesn't work. <laughs> if any one of us put on Melania Trump's jacket, people would think we were homeless. <laughs> <laughs> But because she's gorgeous, she gets away with it. Well, I guess she really didn't get away with it. The 96 Take with Taz, Jim, and Devin.